On this episode of the podcast, I tell the guys about an ill-advised front office hiring that resulted in one of the most lopsided NFL trades of all time. DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals. Yes, DeAndre Hopkins was hired. (laughs) Was hired in the front office. By the Jags (laughs) to sabotage Houston. Yeah, that makes sense. The the behind-the-scenes, never-before-heard story coming at you live. Never-before-heard, because it's not real. Live as it was recorded probably 12 hours before you're (laughs) listening to it, at least. No, we have a live studio audience today. (sighs) I wish. Can we do this like a sitcom? (laughs) Laugh track, laugh track. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Recline that sofa and loosen that tie, because this is Mismanaged. Welcome to Mismanaged, a weekly podcast where we kick back and criticize the failings of paid sports professionals while also offering them foolproof solutions to all their management woes. I'm Austin Egan. I'm Josh Sleazy. And I'm Nathaniel Westover. All right, this week we're going to be talking about some NFL history. Warning to any and all New Orleans Saints fans. You may want to cover your ears. Or not. You're currently in cap hell, so this might remind you things could always be worse. James Winston could be your quarterback. Oh. And they've got Taysom Hill. The Taysom Hill? Paying him so much money. For so much money. Ah, yes. Good for you guys. You know what? It's fine. Quarterback's not important. It's fine. Oof. This week, though, we're going to take it back to 1999 and the ever-tumultuous NFL draft. At this point in time, the Saints front office was led by GM Bill Kuhrich. Or Kuhrich. I don't know. We don't talk about him too (laughs) much. No one knows, really. He doesn't even know. Head coach Mike Ditka. Uh, Heck yeah. What? The greatest. What is that you say? The Saints and Mike Ditka? Best friends. Best friends. For now. Ditka will be the primary star of our story, so let me offer you a little context about the Bears legend around this time. Who is Mike Ditka? Let's get into the man himself. How is Mike Ditka? Pretty bad. He's old. (laughs) Uh, Shortly after the Bears' Super Bowl win in 85 uh, and the loss of defensive coordinator Buddy Ryan, uh, Chicago slipped into a trend of underperforming in the playoffs, delivering a series of early exits. But they fixed it now, right? Yep. (laughs) Sure sure did. Sure did. Yeah, thank goodness. Everything's going great. Yeah, they didn't miss a field goal to beat the Eagles two years ago. And then lose to the Saints on Nickelodeon. By a lot. (laughs) By By a lot. lot. But we're not talking about those bears. We're talking about these bears (laughs) with their early accents. (laughs) Uh, Soon the bears uh, play would drop off in the regular season as well, resulting in a 5-11 record in 92 and the firing of Mike Ditka. After that, the widely held sentiment around the league was that Ditka's outdated coaching style and inability to properly assess personnel made him a liability. Uh, Many teams viewed him as strong-headed, stubborn, and a bully. Yeah, that's so a right. coach that played in the eighties. Yes, that would be. Well, he didn't. <laughs> or in the seventies, yeah. but yeah, yeah, he's. A yeah, no, they were, it, it was an accurate assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, as a result, no teams made a move to hire him for four years. But after going three and thirteen in '96, the New Orleans Saints decided to risk it and offered him the head coach job in January of '97. 
Because they're like, it can't get worse. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. It can. This was like the second time in their history they went out and decided to try to fix their team by getting a big head coaching name that had won a Super Bowl. I can't remember the first guy's name, but like back in the 70s, mm-hmm. they got some one-time Super Bowl winner coach, and it also didn't work. Spoilers, this doesn't work out. Were they wearing bags on their heads at this point, or does that come later? Uh, like that's that's probably later. You know, okay. bags in the 90s were incredibly <laughs> expensive. They're very um, hard to find. Yeah, incredibly difficult. Uh, where are we? Yes. Now, it's important to note that New Orleans had just lost their starting quarterback in Jim Everett, so obviously obtaining a quarterback was one of the more important tasks the Saints hoped Dicka would fill. <laughs> uh, this makes the hiring of Dicka even more interesting when you consider he wasn't known uh, for his personnel decisions or having good quarterbacks, as the best quarterbacks he ever had were Jim McMahon and Jim Harbaugh, who weren't exactly world beaters. Yeah, no, he's definitely not a quarterback whisperer. He's definitely more of a, a defensive guy, I'd imagine. Yeah, which was really or just... Mike Vrabel instead of a Bruce Arians. Yeah. Yes. And honestly, the defense is mostly Buddy Ryan. Yes. There's an argument to be made that Ditka's kind of just stumbled into success. <laughs> um, stumbled in backwards. Yeah, a little bit. Upon arrival in New Orleans, Ditka established the motto of, quote, we will find a way or we will make a way. Unquote. That's seems a perfect. 70s mo- football model if I've ever heard <laughs> yeah, one. Seems very problematic. Yeah. And Dicka and the Saints did neither Aww. as they posted identical records of 6 and 10 in both the 97 and 98 seasons. Uh, so let's dig into a little bit of the drama personnel wise during this time. In the 97 season, the Saints. Everyone was happy and they, they all had fun and it was great. They, they loved playing for Mike and. No. <laughs> no, that was a sweet thought. I liked living in that fiction for about two seconds. Mm-hmm. But no, the 97 season saw the Saints start four different quarterbacks. Nice. First up, we have Heath Schuler. Mm-hmm. Schuler started nine games. Uh, he had only started 13 games with uh, previously before the Saints traded for him with a record of with a touchdown interception ratio of 13 and 19 mm-hmm. uh, in three seasons with Washington before the Saints traded a fifth and a future third to get him. Uh, that 97 was Schuler's last season in the league. Oh, good. good, good. Worth so it. good start. Worth also, it should be mentioned Dicka's making all these moves. Oh, so yeah. ran him out of the league. First moves, he gets a quarterback that is unproven and the only proof he has is garbage and then he immediately left. Uh next up we have Billy Joe Hobart. Start- <laughs> oh, good old Billy Joe? Billy Joe Hobart. He started four whole games. Wow. Uh Dicka and the Saints signed him mid-season after he was cut by the Bills in October. Oh, uh, good yeah, he was cut after publicly stating he wasn't prepared to play. <laughs> Means he's ready to be a saint. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> Bill's like, oh, you publicly are saying you're bad. And the Saints are like, we want him. We want him. <laughs> we need him. That means he's for free, right? I don't know if you're for this one. Uh, next up, we have Danny Werfel. He started two Werfel? games. Uh, Dick and the Saints drafted Werfel with the fourth round pick in 97 thought you were gonna say with their fourth round pick in 97 not but he would eventually end up playing for Rhine fire in nfl europa after Whoa, three yes. uneventful years mm-hmm. uh, amazing 
NFL Europa will dig into another episode. But let me tell you, it's a trip. It's a great time it's a, in the early Maddens. Good time. <laughs> with a name like Rhine Fire, you know it's going to be good. At least he got to go abroad. That's kind of cool. Oh, he had, and he actually ended up coming back. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> no, still uneventful, uh-huh. but, you know, he was there. Uh, and then finally, Doug Nussmeyer started one game. <laughs> uh, Nussmeyer was just a perennial backup, so yeah, there you go. Uh, similarly... The 98 season saw the Saints start four different quarterbacks again. Yes. Uh, we have Billy Joe Hobart starting the first game and then immediately rupturing his Achilles. Oh, Ooh. that's important. Billy Joe. We have Danny Warfel starting four games and then getting benched. Aww. He wasn't uh, prepared. He was benched by Billy Joe Tolliver, Ugh. not to be confused with Billy Joe Hobart. Uh, Tolliver started the next four games after Warfel. Uh, he was a free agent that Dick assigned to a two-year deal for some reason, uh, and he was actually playing really well for the Saints. He was averaging 357 yards a game and had an eight touchdowns to four interceptions. Nice. Uh, All right. I'm pretty sure Billy Joe Tolliver was talked about in our Brett Favre episode. I'm pretty sure he was a Falcon. I think that sounds, sounds right. right. But he was doing really well, and like obviously he was putting up insane numbers, but for some reason, <laughs> after four too games... Successful. <laughs> After four games, Dicka benched him. Too successful. For Kerry Collins, who started the last seven games for the Saints. Now, Collins was released by the Panthers after demanding a trade Mm -hmm. uh, and was an admitted alcoholic at the time. Bring him to New Orleans. So Yes, the Saints signed him immediately after being released. My man. Dicka gave him the start despite Tolliver's performance, and then Collins averaged 171 yards per game, less than half as that (laughs) as Tolliver. Nice. Golf scores. With only four touchdowns and ten interceptions. That's a lot of picks. So just to give you a little See, idea Dicko about with that defensive mind, he's like, yes, interceptions. <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> he's interceptions like, I love good, the right? numbers I'm seeing from you. <laughs> <laughs> but that just gives you a small glimpse into Ditka's personnel decisions, Oof. especially as it relates to quarterback. Um, the lack of wins and forgettable draft selections, uh, along with sporadic, seemingly nonsensical personnel decisions. Resulted in Ditka sitting directly in the hot seat. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, how does he still have a job at this point? Well, it's only been two years, and he has, you know, he has a lot of sway of being, oh, I'm Mike, Mike Ditka. Ditka. It's been two years, but he's had eight quarterbacks. <laughs> well, not eight different quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. It's more like five or six. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just enough. That's the perfect New Orleans amount. You want to see. Well, also, the Saints don't have a lot of pride to begin with at this mm-hmm. point in time, mm-hmm. especially. You know, it's not like they were ever a successful franchise. No. They're just kind of they just kind of there. But now, after two years, yes, he is in the hot seat. And in both his years with the Saints, Dicka's offense had been in the bottom 10 in the league. It was the worst in 97. His defenses were better, but still weak, as they were in the bottom 10 of the league in 98. Oh, no. So they're on, and there's in the early 90s, the Saints defense was like really good. Um, like one of those defenses that have a nickname. Mm-hmm. It was something like the Dome Patrol or something like that. Dome it was gross. Patrol. But Dome Patrol. Because of the. Uh, salary cap initiation in this time oh, yeah. they started to have to losing some of their stars on defense and then some were just getting old so the defense is deteriorating uh now if you're in dicka's shoes you see you have a bad offense and an ever worsening defense so what should you do rebuild burn it down rebuild burn it down all right but how do you still you know try to win some games 
as you're out there? What would your strategy be? Bribes. Bribes from Josh? Not bad. <laughs> we know the refs don't work properly in New Orleans, so they I don't do know not. if bribes don't work there. You could bribe the other team, though. They could throw the game. That's true. Depending on who you're working with, mm-hmm. Oakland, definitely. No, they <laughs> take it for sure. Tried and true run game? Tried and true run game. You go out and you get yourself a running back. You control the pace of the game. Score slowly so you can keep the opposing offense off the field. All you need is that star running back to get it done. And in 1999, Dick locked in on his guy. Reigning Heisman winner, Ricky Williams, running back from the University of Texas. Now, there was a lot to love about Williams. He had just won the Heisman his senior season and had 2,124 yards and 27 touchdowns. Dang. He also set the NCAA record for career rushing yards and touchdowns that season. Uh, both of which were broken the next year because college football, yep. but still. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he current to this day, he holds slash shares 20 NCAA records. Wow. And just How? to add some flavor, he also simultaneously played college football and minor league baseball in the Phillies farm system. The yes. man was just a natural athlete. Yeah, no, that's very impressive. Like, so there's a lot to love about him. Just <laughs> To play devil's advocate. I feel like now the NCAA would be like, you want to try and play professional baseball at the same... Get paid? How dare you? While playing football? Yeah, no, the rules were weird back then. But they probably made more sense than they do now. Pay them. Pay the players. Uh, Dicka wanted Williams so badly that he publicly declared that he would trade his entire draft to get him at the NFL owners meeting. Ah, good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this declaration he had also made the previous year as he, in regards to Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf, uh, but no one listened to his offers back then. Oh. They were like, oh, this crazy old man, that's they not real. knew Ryan Leaf was going to be the GOAT. Uh, Ryan Leaf, what a guy. Can you imagine Ryan Leaf in Mike Ditka's <laughs> New Orleans? What a shit show that would be. <laughs> it would. He wouldn't even like last a whole season. He'd start no. two games. Yep. Can you? I would love to see Peyton Manning in New Orleans under Mike Dicka. I'm not sure Peyton gets a good start. <laughs> I mean, he didn't Peyton. have a good start in Indianapolis. No. <laughs> Oof. And they would have given up on him like even quicker in New Orleans. Uh, yeah. No. Well, yeah, with the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. No, they Dicka would have looked at those interceptions <laughs> and been like, "You're doing a great job. <laughs> you led the league in something." So yeah, Dicka is already known for offering the world for seemingly nothing (laughs) (laughs) the problem dicka faced was that the saints were sitting at the 12th overall pick for the 99 draft and more likely than not williams would be gone by the time new orleans was on the clock in response dicka and the saints reached out and made inquiries to each of the teams drafting in the top five they only gained traction with two of those teams the cincinnati Bengals at the third overall and the washington football team at five the Saints first offered the Bengals a deal that would send nine draft picks to Cincinnati in exchange for the third. Uh, bonus mismanagement. Cincinnati declined because they were married to selecting quarterback Akali Smith. Oh, no. A uh, little fun fact on Akali Smith. He had 17 starts in four years, threw for a total of 2,212 yards, five touchdowns, and 13 picks. Nice. Woof. Yeah, no, that's, that's very bad. Yep. The Saints. I, I don't think he's worth nine draft picks. I'm gonna, no. I'm going to put that out there. No. The bold stance. And uh, they probably should have taken the deal. They did not. Bungles. Bungles. 
The Saints then approached Washington. They offered Washington their whole draft in exchange for the fifth overall pick. But since New Orleans didn't have a second rounder in 99, Washington (laughs) GM Charlie Casserly demanded they add a first and a third from the 2000 draft. The Saints immediately relented, trading all (laughs) six picks from 99 and two from 2000. What? For a total of eight picks for the fifth overall. Because they didn't have a second... They managed to get a first and a third out of it yes. in the future. The Saints did not value draft picks because they're like, we're so bad at it. Why, why would, would we? <laughs> now, before we even get into how this all played out in the aftermath, we are looking at egregious mismanagement. No single pick is worth the capital the Saints gave up. And what's worse is that they had a nifty little draft value trade chart that the Cowboys coach Jimmy Johnson had invented a few years prior. Uh, the chart... Basically, for those of you that don't know, it assigns point value to certain draft picks to help make balanced trades. So according to this chart, New Orleans traded away 4,441 points of draft value in exchange in exchange for 1,700 points. Seems pretty even. Yep. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like the league shouldn't even allow this they, trade to happen. Somebody right? should have like, just to step in and be like, hey. Are you sure? No. If this was the NBA, oh. that was exactly how yeah, it yeah. The yeah. NBA was like, no. no. They love to meddle. Try again. <laughs> Do better. This isn't it. Uh, the only way this deal was going to turn out fair is if Ricky Williams was secretly Tom Brady. Um, spoilers, he wasn't. Hmm. So right out the gate, the relationship was rough. Williams was flown out to New Orleans for a post-draft media event where he refused to wear the team hat and elected to speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if now somebody else drafted him earlier? <laughs> what if somebody was like, with the third pick, we take Ricky Williams? It was a pretty quarterback heavy. The first three picks were quarterbacks. Uh, John McNabb was two. Mm-hmm. I forget who one was. Where it's not, not about boy. them, but yeah. Uh, so he came out, refused to wear the team hat, and elected to speak to the media beside rather than behind the podium. Cool. Very Weird. awkward. Very, <laughs> very awkward. He was he was described as being incredibly shy. Oh. Um, oh and there's yeah. like some stories about how when he was confronted with like NFL fandom, he was like, I don't much care for this. <laughs> this is all too much. I he, mean But he came from college football in Texas. Yeah, but that's like pure love of the game. Yeah, but Westover, this coach it slash GM treated See, their would, whole draft for yeah. him. Dicka, Do you know how much pressure that puts on Dicka him? did like dub him as like the savior of the franchise. Right. Very publicly. <laughs> to, like, just wait. Listen to oh. some of these things that happen. Oh, no. Um, I, I, I feel for this guy. <laughs> uh, to make things even cringier, Dicka greeted Williams wearing a dreadlock wig. Oh, Gross. No. Uh, Williams no, no, himself no, no. had dreadlocks. So yes. right up the it's gate. It's appropriate for and, Williams. Incredibly <laughs> problematic. Mike Dicka being like, just, you know, I don't, I don't even know what to attribute to that. Yeah, I don't know what goes through someone's head. Do you know what would go well with this mustache? Dreadlocks. <laughs> yeah, he like met him in dreadlock, a dreadlock wig and like a floral like vacation shirt and flip flops. Amazing. Like that's your first. Yeah, movie. I wouldn't be surprised if he what did some sort of terrible insensitive accent too and he's uh, just like probably yeah uh, but the cringe does not stop there uh-huh. dick and williams posed together for an espn the magazine cover with the title quote for better or worse the photo was williams in a wedding dress with dicka in a tux posed as a bride and groom no yes no 
Yes. I'm Ricky Williams. I'm like, I quit. I retire. <laughs> Goodbye. No, you should see the picture. See his Ricky Williams face. He is so unamused. Yeah, I was going to make a joke, but then what you said was worse than anything I could have made up. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, and this is like right before oh. the season starts. It's the August edition yeah. of oh, the magazine. No. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, all these situations are uncomfortable, but taken all together, they paint a picture of an obsessed Dicka and a non-committal Williams. <laughs> an emotion that can clearly be seen, as I was just saying, in his weird photo shoot with Dicka. Oh, why are you so obsessed with me? I, right? He's like, <laughs> you are my career now. You are my masterpiece. <laughs> Mike Dicka just calls him on the phone like every hour. He's like, still doing good? You all right, to the buddy? Night. Hey, I'm wearing my dreadlock wig. <laughs> hey, I'm wearing my tux. What are you wearing? <laughs> uh, but all of that aside, let's continue on with the story and the evaluation of this clearly lopsided trade. Ricky's rookie season was lackluster. He only mm. played 12 games and put up pedestrian numbers on the ground, and his receiving numbers aren't even worth mentioning. Hey, it's almost like defenses knew exactly what, <laughs> what they were going to do. <laughs> it's like, you have the, we're going to load the box. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they were tw- he was 20th in yards with 884, 28th in yards per attempt at 3.5, and he was in the mid-40s with rushing touchdowns. He had two the whole season, which yes. is tied with Peyton Manning, Nice. Jake Plumer, Je- uh, Jeff Garcia, and about a half dozen other quarterbacks. <laughs> Woo! And with that, he was third among running backs in fumbles with six. Ew. So two touchdowns, six fumbles, and sub a thousand yards. Not amazing. A great start. Along with injuries and poor performances, Ricky's unsociable demeanor and off-field behavior caused tension between himself, his teammates, the front office, and the media. The Saints roster that was falling apart when Dicka arrived completely collapsed without any safety net, and Ricky Williams wasn't able to be the savior Dicka had promised. <laughs> Help me. Well, you got rid of an entire draft, and all of a sudden it's like everyone that's old or in free agency or like veterans, you don't have anyone to replace those guys. No, have youth. <laughs> As a result, the Saints went 3-13, and and Dicka, along with the GM, were fi- was fired. About time. Good call. Dicka would never coach again. <laughs> Afterwards, Williams expresses distaste for Dicka and posted back-to-back thousand-yard seasons for New Orleans. Uh, the 2000 season, he ran for exactly a thousand yards. Wow. Perfect. So <laughs> just like, from there, I'd and stop, done. and then I'd be like, "All right, cool. I'm not he playing just, another down." He just sat down on the field. He was like, "All right, I'm done." So before we move on to keep talking about Williams uh, a little bit on Dicka, after Dicka left, uh, his replacements spent. 15 million on 27 different free agents in the offseason since they Woo. didn't have any drafts. They didn't have any players. They didn't have <laughs> any players to replace. So they're like, we're going to spend dirt cheap money. Like, we're going to pay like 27 guys a the million bucks. Million. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just to have a team. We need bodies. Oof. Uh, Ricky, Ricky Williams would only play three seasons with the Saints, totaling 3,129 rushing yards, which is 3.8 per attempt. Uh, a little over a thousand receiving yards, eighteen total touchdowns, uh, sixteen rushing, two receiving, and twenty fumbles. Oof. Yeah, so a lot. it's a lot. He would eventually be traded to Miami in two thousand two, along with the Saints' fourth for Miami's O two first, fourth, and their O three first. So that's not a bad draft. Saints ball. kind of finessed Miami, except Williams kind of came into his yeah. own with the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, you guys don't make me do weird photo shoots. And I appreciate that about you. <laughs> he would lead the league in rushing his first year with the Dolphins. 
Unfortunately, due to off-field struggles and disagreements with the league, Ricky retired for the 2004 season, leaving the NFL and the U.S. to live in a tent in Australia. What? Now that's awesome. Yeah, this... There was a lot to unpackage with Ricky He's Williams at this time. He's a complicated man, apparently. <laughs> he is. This part of his life is well covered in the ESPN 30 for 30 documentary, Run, Ricky, Run. I would highly recommend watching it. It kind of covers all of this drama. But all the nonsense. We're not going to dig into it. Uh, Williams would return to Miami in 2005 before being suspended for the entirety of 2006 for violating the NFL's substance abuse policy. Boo. Yeah, it is boo. It, it's weed. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's the only thing people can find yeah. for. Uh, he would play one game in 2007 as a backup, and he continued to play in the league until 2011, only looking like his former self when he rushed for over 1,000 yards in 2009. So, had some pop. N- overall, not a horrible career, as he ran for over 10,000 yards and had 66 touchdowns. But his off-field issues and the fact that the Dolphins got the lion's share of his productivity firmly established the trade as completely mismanaged. Yes. Now, real quick before we wrap up, on the flip side, Washington utilized the picks they received to get three all-pro talents. Linebacker LeVar Arrington, tackle John Jansen, and most notably Hall of Fame cornerback Champ Bailey. Uh, The discrepancy is clear. And yet, when asked about the infamous trade in 2010, Mike Ditka said he would make the same deal again if given the chance. Somebody hire Ditka. <laughs> Somebody do it. Someone give it to him. Good thing <laughs> give he, it to he him. won't be given the chance. He will never be given the chance. He's an incredibly problematic individual. Some yes. of the things he says is like, it does not work. He still lives in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Yes. It sounds like it. Old Iron <laughs> He never Mike. made it out. Ugh. Never made it out. Some of us never do. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at anyone else. Uh, Now that we've presented one of the worst moves in NFL history, we feel comfortable and confident in presenting our own proposals for those GMs we believe need a little amateur help to make their professional decisions. Uh, It should be noted, this past week of NFL free agency and the league starting has been insane. So good. Absolutely wild. Uh, Wes Orr's had to change his suggestions Five times. Like five times. Josh had to change. Uh, I haven't. I just have that third eye for knowing where's, you know, I what's going to happen. I wrote mine, and then an hour later today, that player got signed oh. to another team. Mitch Trabilski. Oh, Trabersky is dead. Long live Trabilski. The one hole in the Bills roster. I'm quarterback. <laughs> Backup back, quarterback. Back quarterback. Anyways, Westover, you know, you've been chomping at the bit, so why don't you kick us off? All right, so with the new year, lead year beginning, and the last few days of chaos, we're still waiting to see if the Seahawks can find a suitor to trade Wilson to, because he still doesn't really want to be there, it seems like. (laughs) No. (laughs) They don't want to give him up. (laughs) Kind of the same thing with Deshaun Watson and these weird legal issues that are coming out of the woodworks. Teams have just been trying to come up with creative ways to to make use of the limited cap space, and somehow the Patriots signed and traded for everything and everyone they wanted. Uh, Originally, I was going to talk to the Broncos GM, George Patton, but we're going to switch to my safety net of Kevin Colbert, recently re-signed GM of Pittsburgh. Oh, surprise, surprise. surprise. Pittsburgh fan talks about Pittsburgh. Breaking news. Uh, We're going to take advantage of what could be 
a mistake of George Patton's, and he really let Philip Lindsay go into free agency because Melvin Gordon's all he wants, all he needs. Yep. Running back is a need for Pittsburgh. We haven't had a good, stable running back core since Mendenhall. So that's like 2010. Sounds like a lozenge. Yeah. Mendenhall. But with James Conner going to leave in free agency, Benny Snell Jr., while he's got the fun spinning mouthpiece, he's not a number one back. And if we want to keep doing this running back by committee, I think Philip Lindsay or Chris Carson are the moves to go. They can catch out of the backfield and block a little bit. Uh, I think Lindsay could be had for cheap. Give him like a short couple-year deal to see what he can do and see if he fits the system. Lindsay's like a little wrecking ball. He just kind of just like yeah. I like it. Yeah, with all the injury concern is my thing with Lindsay. Mm-hmm. I like the Chris Carson better, but I don't hate it. Josh, what you got for us? All right, my dear GM this week goes out to Las Vegas Raiders GM Mike Mayock. Mike, my boy, hope you're doing well. What? Not gonna say anything. The Raiders fan talk about the Raiders. Yeah. Well, that just makes for sense. Why time. would you not talk? Yeah. Why would you not talk about? <laughs> We're eleven Las Vegas? episodes deep. Yeah. You know what? Congratulations, Josh, Thank on the you. restraint. Thank you. Uh, it's this okay, buddy. <laughs> you shut your sweet little mouth, Josh. You were saying something really interesting. I was. You know. Uh, the, so the Raiders have had a pretty busy <laughs> off season so far. You traded starting center Rodney Hudson, right tackle Trent Brown. You cut left guard Richie Incognito and are apparently shopping the other guard, Gabe, Gabe Jackson. He actually did get traded. He did get traded, yeah. Yep. So that's, that's four starting O-linemen that, you, that are on the move. Bye. <sighs> to be fair, they were all quite old, and Trent Brown just didn't want to play in Las Vegas. Um. But not only that, you also brought in a new pass rusher in Yannick Ngakwe, which, you know, we'll see how that one plays Yannick. out. Um, but pass rushing was definitely an area that we needed to improve. Another area that needs improvement is the defensive secondary. Last year, you had the 29th ranked defense, including 26 in pass- passing yards allowed. So here's my suggestion. The Las Vegas Raiders should go out and sign free safety Keanu Neal. Neil would be a fun addition to the secondary alongside strong safety Jonathan Abrams. They would be a hard-hitting duo that would definitely provide a lift to our defense. The Raiders have about $14 million in cap space remaining, and Neil's expected contract would come in right around $13 million. So it sounds like it's meant to be. Please. We, we need a defense. Go get you Keanu Neal. He's a good, he's a good safety. I like him. This week, I am addressing Los Angeles Chargers GM Tom Telesco. Tom, you've done an excellent job trimming some of the cap fat from your roster in the past week. You now sit with the fifth most cap room in the NFL and have 48 players signed to contracts, leaving you room to nicely round out your roster. Your team has some clear needs, such as DB depth and building an O-line for Justin Herbert, which, in your defense, you have begun to do with Corey Lindsley and Matt Feeler. But I think there's an opportunity to make a strong move on your D-line. You may be considering bringing Melvin Ingram back in free agency, but unless you can convince him to take a cheaper contract, he's almost guaranteed to be more expensive than he's worth, given his age. And, you know, recent productivity. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I propose you sign Judavian Clowney. 
Clowney is a consistent edge force with premier talent. You would be able to sign him for the same money, if not less, as Ingram, and have the benefit of his youth and explosiveness, which would pair nicely with Joey Bosa. This move would upgrade your D-line while spending cap space you were going to use on the position anyway. This would allow you to shore up your DB room by going after players like cornerback Kevin King and Bashad Breland, talented DBs that look like they they will be cap casualties for their respective teams, the Packers and the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm afraid of the AFC West next year. Yeah, it's, your division is getting real time. scary. Yeah, AFC West and NFC West are just they have no Loaded chill. Mm-hmm. They're no. Like, mm-hmm. arms race. The Cardinals yeah. are just like, hey, everyone. Come to us. Hopefully we can still beat up on the Broncos, but even that oh, I yeah, don't no. know about. <laughs> no. As the, long as they don't find a good quarterback. They there's no way. They're not in a good position. Also, I don't think John Elway will allow a good quarterback. <laughs> well, they've got an actual GM now. Yeah, but if you're if John Elway isn't still making the decisions, I'd be shocked. Yes. Same. He's there. He owns that whole franchise. But, yeah, those are our suggestions. Crazy NFL free agency and offseason so far. Very exciting stuff. Love it. We love it. All the drama, all Mm. the chaos. And we got the uh, March Madness starting. Hey, yeah. Go Big Ten this weekend. Uh, Yeah, the play-in games have been today. Mm -hmm. So, actual games start tomorrow. Whoop, 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 whoop. Uh, that's the pod. If you enjoyed this or any of our other episodes, please remember to give us a like or a follow. Maybe even leave us a review, a, a good review. Hopefully. If it's a bad one, we don't want your input. And you'll <laughs> hurt my feelings. Yeah. Aww. Josh is very sensitive. Westover <laughs> is also sensitive, but it's just kind of fun. He's kind of used to it. Yeah. <laughs> give like a five-star rating for bullying Westover. We love that. Yes. Like, like, give us a high rating, but then, like, leave a mean comment for Westover. We would love that. It'd be perfect. Yeah, just, like, belittle him <laughs> as a person. And well, a fan. And oh. a fan. Okay. Oh, poor buddy. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you may listen to your podcasts. In the words of the aforementioned and topically maligned Mike Ditka, quote, If God wanted man to play soccer, he wouldn't have given us arms, unquote. I think he forgot about goalkeepers, yep. but who am I to say? And Man's know. never played a game of soccer in his <laughs> Throwing life. Throwing the ball into play. Yeah, there's a which few anyone can do. Or egregiously using your hand to save the save the ball from going into the goal, thus getting a red card and a penalty. Or just winning the World Cup, a la Diego Maradona. Mm. Oh yeah. Nice, uh, nice reference. Maybe we should break out into soccer. All right, this I is don't a know soccer enough. podcast. We are now a soccer podcast. We're coming for you. Nope. Thanks for listening. And remember, this was mismanaged.